0: Isn't it great to be in church? Love seeing all those of children. How beautiful, how blessed you are. Ah, oh, I used to. I, I Chris will tell you, I often used to say I wanted six. So I'm secretly jealous. I used to had four, and they go, Oh, I could have had six, could have had six. <laughs> so good for you. I love it. So exciting. Well, we did, we did. We took in two more, so we made it six. That's right. So that's one way to do it. Just keep getting more. You can. There's children around who need blessing. So yes, we did indeed. We're very blessed. One of them up the back there doing my word. So if I do anything wrong, he'll probably change it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 says this. The Lord himself will give a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God with us. This morning I want to talk about God's plans, especially around Christmas and especially around Mary. God has a plan. And my first point is that God's plans are sometimes a little surprising, a little unexpected. But we know He has a plan here. 750 years before Mary was born, Isaiah prophesied about her and said, "The virgin will conceive." Seven hundred and fifty years. God has—I love that. Imagine if God was planning about you seven hundred and fifty years ago. He probably was before the creation of the world. He's going to get Sarah Gervin, get her to play keyboard, give her the right skills. He's got a plan. Isn't that exciting? 750 years before she was born, Isaiah had a word from God. If you're a prophet here, be bold about your prophecies, hey? Maybe you didn't see them come to pass. Well, don't worry, you've got like 700 years. (laughs) I wonder if Isaiah thought, never did see that virgin. This, This ministry that we have goes long beyond our own lives. We have to believe that. We're building for the future. We're building for the next generations. And so let's just look at that. Mary receives a visit from the angel Gabriel, Luke 1 26 to 35, the whole passage there. But I just want to look at this one. Gabriel says to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at him, at his saying, and considered, What manner of greeting is this? And so he goes on to tell her that you're going to have a baby, you're going to be pregnant and his name's going to be Jesus. and she's like, "Whoa, can you imagine it says here, how can she says, "How can this be since I don't know a man?" So she's surprised. God's plans can be surprising and she's like she's troubled." She's trying to work out. She's confused. What she's asking for more information. So, I don't. I, I. I'm not married yet. Nearly, but not yet. And I don't. You know, haven't known my husband in the old biblical sense. So, how can I get pregnant? She's. She's not expecting this. She's surprised. It must have been just incredible for her. She was a young woman. She's. They reckon probably only fifteen. You know, they got. They got married young in those days, and. This is not what she's expecting. She didn't, I mean, I don't know if she'd read Isaiah. Maybe she had. Maybe she couldn't read. I don't know. Maybe she hadn't thought that this verse applies to her. I mean, who would think that? She's surprised. And I just want to encourage us with the way that God operates in our life, that sometimes it's surprising. It's not what we expect. When I was young... We used to teach in the Christian setting that you would have a dream, have a goal, write it down, say it, and it would happen. And so all sorts of young people used to come up to me. I can remember that. I remember then as I got a little older and they would all do this. And I cannot tell you how many of them used to come to me and say, I have a dream and I'm going to be a famous singer. Always famous. They never wanted to be a singer. They wanted to be a famous singer. And I can remember saying... What if God doesn't want you to be famous? What if you're just going to sing for Jesus? And they go, well, I really want to be famous. And I'm like, all right. And I just used to think. And as I got a little bit older, I feel that, that we kind of maybe got it a little bit wrong. I don't know. It was a little bit too black and white. You know, I think we have to have plans and dreams by all means. And I'm sure that Mary had a dream to get – well, we know she was engaged – so she would have dreamt about getting married, and I'm sure she dreamt about having children. But she probably didn't think she was going to get the children before she had the man, and she probably didn't think it was going to be the Messiah, you know? So I want to encourage us to dream, but to be open to the surprising nature of God's working on earth. And we need to have that attitude. We need to be flexible. We need to be like, we can ask questions, but without doubting. Without doubting and we know that her heart was right and she was asking questions but it wasn't a doubting question because only the chapter before in Luke 1 Zacharias was also told Elizabeth's going to have her, this is you know Mary's cousin Elizabeth's going to have a baby too but Zacharias was like well right and they went right you this is not good talk so they actually stopped him from speaking you this is doubt so there's there's a kind of questioning that's a, a full of doubt and like well I, I don't see, I don't think that's right that's not going to happen and there's a kind of question that says, Okay, so how's this going to work, God? So we have to sort of, we're allowed to ask questions and that doesn't necessarily mean we're doubting. She was confused by it. But we also have to have that sort of flexible approach to, I had a dream to be a mother, but not like this. I know in my own life, I remember thinking it would be great to be a missionary. I'd love to be a missionary, but I never ever considered going to Russia. And I remember the moment that, that Phil Pringle, he said, we're going to send a couple to Russia. I went, oh. I remember we were holding hands at the time and we just squeezed each other's hands like, oh, that's us. But we hadn't thought that we were going to Russia. We really never, never thought about Russia until that moment because God just put that plan in our heart. And he is God. He has a plan. He decides the plans for our life. We need to, you know... Be open to surprises. And I know some of you, your life has not worked out exactly as you planned. You know, perhaps you've been through a death that was not what you thought, or a divorce. Sometimes marriage doesn't work out. And we're just like, what? This was not the plan, God, or maybe a pandemic. <laughs> I love the fact that not a single prophet in the whole wide world prophesied that 2020 is going to be different, guys. It's going to be a, we, everything's going to shut down. So God's just going to kind of shut it all down and take us on this crazy journey. No one said that. In fact, quite the opposite in our movement twenty twenty the twenty twenty vision was like we're going to grow it's going to be an amazing year we're going to have we were we were talking about church growth for twenty twenty which we practically had the exact opposite <laughs> because all the churches were shut down, and all the churches had to suddenly get smaller and accommodate the whole situation. so you know we didn't know that that was the plan for twenty twenty, but I think God did I'm not saying. And it's hard how it kind of works. It's like it's got into sickness. Well, no. But he knows these things are going to happen and he works in mysterious ways. So we need to be flexible around that. And Luke 1:38 is beautiful. Mary says, This: Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I love that. I, I'm your servant, Lord. I accept whatever you have for me. Uh, Whatever is in your word, it's a yes from me. I accept it. Whatever you're telling me I'm going to do, I accept it. I just accept the situation that I'm in. I trust you. And let me also encourage you that when God does have unusual situations for us or when things are a little bit different. He brings people around us to confirm. So it's no good just going, oh, well, I've just got this weird, surprising, extraordinary approach to life. I'm going to go off and do this all by myself. And everyone else is going, no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. God understands that we need confirmation. I mean, in this situation, obviously major confirmation, because this was a very big thing. So she had an angel. But she also had people. Because sometimes... Sometimes spiritually people pick up on things. You know, I get people saying, The God told me this, and I think, really? It doesn't sound like the God that I know. <laughs> you know, so we, we do need people around us to confirm. And Mary had this because she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, you know, this beautiful passage there where Elizabeth said that when, when she saw Mary, that John the Baptist leapt inside of her. He was, you know, Mary was pregnant with John the Baptist, like, whoa. And it says Elizabeth. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. How amazing is that? I love that. Just, just the pregnancy. just goes to show pregnancies can be a real blessing. Just the pregnancy. You know, she comes with Jesus in her womb. She's like, God. She's filled with the Spirit of God and she's blessed. And at that point, it's interesting because at that point, Mary begins to really rejoice in what has happened. And it doesn't say that she did before that. And, you know, that's sometimes the thing when God moves in surprising ways. It takes us a little bit of time for our, our soul and our mind and our life to come to terms with what's how life is now and go, okay, this isn't what I was expecting or this is a different plan but... but she then rejoices in God Luke 1 46, Mary has this beautiful long poem where she says my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my saviour for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant and henceforth all generations will call me blessed so the excitement comes later sometimes the excitement comes later so God's plans are surprising Number two, God's plans are challenging. So Matthew 1.19, Mary has to tell Joseph. Imagine that conversation. Joseph, how do we even begin? Like, I can't even imagine. I'm just thinking, imagine if I was engaged to Chris and I just went up and said, honey, I need to tell you something. Yes, darling, you know, we're about to get married. I'm pregnant. It's like, Wait, what? I mean, even these days that would be I think Chris would have been a little shocked. But back then, Joseph, I'm pregnant. What? Like what? And she no doubt said and he's just thinking, Whoa, whoa, Mary, like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she's like, No, 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 I haven't been I haven't been with a man and he's like, Mary, like Come on, man. you're just, you know, like Mary. And she says, no, really, an angel came and spoke to me and I, I'm i pregnant but I haven't been with a man and, and it's God. And he's just like, nah, like no. He would have been so sad, so disappointed, so perplexed, so just just everything. Can you imagine? And now she's being all weird and spiritual about it and saying it was God. It's like, come on, Mary. Uh, he just, it would have been terrible for him. And so it says in Matthew one nineteen, Joseph being a just man. Joseph was a good man and he was a righteous man. So he couldn't marry her because, you know, adultery was and still is a sin (laughs) that God hates, and he couldn't marry her. And so it says he didn't want to make a public example of her, he just decided to put her away secretly. Whatever that means, it's still going to be difficult for both of them. But the reality is, Deuteronomy 22, 21, adultery was punishable by death. The, uh, The Jewish people, as we know, And in all societies, actually, I've I've looked it up, in Egypt, they cut off your nose. In Persia, they cut off your nose and your ears. It was always considered a, a heinous crime in society, and it was punishable in Judea by stoning, stoning to death. That's the way. So Joseph's, I mean, this is actually quite a perilous situation. This isn't just unpleasant. This is dangerous, because Mary is now exposing herself to the possibility of being stoned to death. And Joseph doesn't want her to be stoned to death. So he's thinking, I have to divorce you, but I'm going to try and do it in such a way, I, I, don't, I don't want you to die. So I, I'm going to try perhaps not to say, you know, why or something. He's just going to try and be secret about it because he doesn't want her to die. But, um, but he can't marry her. And Mary just has to trust God. And the interesting thing is when you read that, now, Joseph, we know, finds out. Joseph ends up hearing from an angel himself, which is really what he needed because nothing less would have convinced him. But it doesn't say how long between Mary telling him and God telling Joseph. It doesn't say. It was, It was. there was definitely a period of time where there was this massive misunderstanding because they were planning the divorce. Because in those days when you're engaged, they're the, the breaking it off was so strong it was considered like a divorce. And so... We don't know how long. How long was that? A day of agony for both of them? Two, three, four, a week? We don't know. But very, very challenging for both of them and very challenging for Mary. She would have been terribly upset, terribly confused. She knows she's innocent. I know I haven't done anything wrong, God. But if Joseph divorces me, like she's in a very dangerous and frightening situation as a young. 15 year old who's going to obviously be pregnant soon if not already and her whole she's not she's not going to be married she's people going to see and go well hang on you didn't you know this is this is very 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 scary for her but you know she had already said that and we see that beautiful statement behold the servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word she was she was accepting it she was accepting the challenge of her situation and you know So God's plans are challenging and we need to be open to that challenge. Not just surprising, but sometimes difficult. And we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to trust God in anything he sends into our life, whether we understand it or not? Why in the world, she's probably thinking, God, why didn't you visit Joseph at the same time you visited me? Why have we got to have this horrible, however long it was, this terrible week in between? Why does God do that? It's like, God, why don't you let them know I didn't do I'm. Can you just tell this person? Can you let my boss know? It wasn't my fault. I'm, uh, how, God can do anything. Why the delay? <laughs> so I think God loves to train us in trusting him. And so he challenges us, but it's just from love. It's not easy. But he loves us and he wants us to always be able to answer in the affirmative, no matter what strange situation I find myself in. I'm your servant God. I trust you. I trust you. Timothy Keller says this. Becoming a Christian is not like signing up for a gym or a self-help program that will help you flourish and realise your potential. It is not a spiritual organisation you join that you engage with as long as it meets your needs at a reasonable cost, the Christian life is not a negotiation but a surrender. I love that. There's no negotiation here. Am I getting enough out of being a Christian? Is this church good enough for me? We're not negotiating with God. We're surrendering to his enormous, challenging, surprising plans. We don't get what we expect and they can be challenging, but God is always good. You know, just yesterday I was having lunch with some friends and uh, she was saying that in their church they'd had a bit of a situation, some young, they had to send out a missions team to a country town, a little bit like what we do to Lake Cajelago. And these young missionaries, young young kids, we uh, were going from one town to the next town, and they had a, a, a little minibus. But one of the locals said to one of the team members, oh, come in my car, you know, and so he thought, all right, I'll come in his car, even though it was a bit of a, a bummy car. So he went in the bummy car, and when they were driving around the corner, there was a bit of a, a gully, and the the driver drove over the gully, and the car tumbled Tumbled, tumbled, tumbled and, uh, and then hit a tree. It was a terrible car crash. And, um, and my friend was saying that the other missionaries, they drove on, they didn't realise what had happened because they, they just thought they were a bit late. But it was really full on for them all to deal with. They tumbled down and they survived. At the bottom of the gully was a very deep dam. And if they'd have gone into that dam, they would have probably died because they were both unconscious, but they hit a tree. And the tree stopped them from going into the gully. They were also outside of phone range. And because she, she, my friend was telling me how even though it was horrible, they could see how God was in control, that tree that stopped them going in the gully. And coming over the, the crest of the hill just in time to see it happening was one other car. It was a lonely road. There was one other, one other car. And so they were able to see what happened and stopped. And the guy that stopped that was in the car was a... In the SES. I know. And so he had a radio. Mobile phones weren't working. So he immediately, sw- he knew exactly what to do. He switched into, you know, SES mode. He radioed for help. They got the guys out of the car. They survived. and uh, But the young missionary broke his neck. So he's still in hospital, but the doctors say it's miraculous. Do you know how it is? If it was this much that way, this much this way, he's got movement in all his you know, in his body so it looks like he'll be fine but they've had to give him a bone graft and just, you know, so it's one of those kind of like stories where it's so full on and yet you can see God's hand. You can see that God was looking after him with the SES guy, I mean, you know, and yet we don't, why? We don't know why, 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 why? Who can answer why? God's plans are mysterious. We can ask him when we get to heaven for some of these things. But you know, God is good. He's always good. And so, um, you know, we're praying for that young man to get better. So we have to trust God. He puts us with the right people. He puts us in the right situations when we're with him, when we follow him with all our heart. And when we submit to those plans, they're right. Joseph was a, a lovely, gentle, moderate, merciful man. If she the had a man who is a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more impetuous, that would have been bad. If he'd have strove, right, I'm I'm calling the elders, right? That's it. But he was he wasn't hasty. He was doing the right thing. He was the right man for the job. So sometimes perhaps your challenge in life is the people that you're with. Maybe even your husband or your wife's like, I didn't expect this. I was expecting, you know, the notebook, not, not this marriage. <laughs> But they can be a little challenging at times. But we just trust God. This is the right man for me. This is the right woman for me. This is the right job for me. This is the right life for me when we're in God. Mary trusted God. He looks after us. So a little challenging, but it works out. So then, speaking of challenging, we've just got through to the the fact that she's pregnant. What about the birth? (laughs) So she's nine months pregnant and they make a decree. Caesar makes a decree, you've got to go to your hometown for the census. Nazareth is 130 kilometres away from Bethlehem. They've got to go to Bethlehem. 130 kilometres is tough even today when you're nine months pregnant. Most women I know, they don't want to go five minutes away from the hospital when they're full I'm not, I can't visit I'm, you know any minute. She's got to travel 130 kilometres on dusty roads in Judea Maybe she had a donkey. I don't know. She's probably thinking, God, why? Can you imagine that? I know. When we first got married, Chris used to do this thing where um, he's like the ultimate planner for holidays. But he thought he'd try a sort of a mixed approach when we first got married. If He planned the fabulous place to stay. But then we just drive and just see what happened. You know, spontaneous. Just arrive in a town. <laughs> he's laughing because I hated it. Some people like it, I know. They might like it. Arrive into town, 7 o'clock at night, and just see if there's somewhere for you to stay. I hated it because it's like no vacancy, no vacancy, no vacancy. And then there'd be some dodgy little place that's like, well, we could stay here. And I'm like, I, no, I don't, want to, I don't want to stay there. Like, I don't want to do this. Remember when we arrived in Tasmania and there was in Strawn and there was, there was, we were still using this system and there was, there was some sort of festival and everywhere was booked up. There was nowhere to stay. And I'm just like... And it's so stressful. It's like, oh, oh where are we going to stay? You know? But that, in that time, they only had one place left, and it was because it was so expensive. It was like the, it was like the penthouse of the, of the hotel. And so we had to stay there because there was nowhere else. So it worked out that time. But after that, I was like, babe... <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but anyway. But, you know, after that, it was like, this is not the way that we're going to do this anymore. We're going to plan everything so that I know I'm going to stay in this nice place and in this nice place. I don't want to... We are going to plan. And by we, I mean Chris is going to plan. Because <laughs> Chris is the plan. Look, you know, in marriage you all have different skills and my skill is not to make those plans. So... um I mean, I didn't like arriving in a town with nowhere to stay, okay? And this is a holiday and I'm young and whatever. Can you even imagine if you're nine months pregnant, ladies? Are you with me? We're not talking about, you know, it's a long way to get to the hospital. We're talking about nowhere to go. Nowhere. Some commentators wonder if there was a little whiff of scandal around Mary. There's a a little bit of a debate in the commentators was was there a scandal did people kind of know that something was going on or was there no scandal because Joseph covered for her we don't know we don't know if that was another burden she had to bear that that you know we we just don't know that but one person suggested that it was strange that he had no relatives in what was his family town, and hospitality is like a premium issue then in those days, as and it still is among some of these um, societies. So no one wanted them to stay. Some suggest that's unusual, or maybe it was just because it was so busy. But anyway, no family, and no room for them, and so that's tough. And so it says here that, <laughs> I just I just think of birth, girls. Are you with me? In a stable <laughs> with animals and, and, you know, the animals' refuse around, like their stuff and the smell and the old food and the, the water. I mean, the manger is where they fed. So I guess Joseph cleared out the old mangy hay before they put Jesus in there, in the manger, the feeding trough. Have you seen a feeding trough? Yeah, they're not Pleasant. So it says in Luke 2:7 she brought forth her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. So no midwife, no family, just a dirty old stable and a feeding trough. Very challenging. And if that wasn't enough, they then had to escape because Herod wanted to kill all the children who he'd heard about he heard from the wise men. So not only that, but they had to quickly escape after birth to Egypt. Again, just challenge after challenge after challenge. And Mary knows she's doing not only the will of God, but something incredibly special. So don't be surprised if in your doing something special for God, you're finding it challenging or difficult or uncomfortable because God is hes okay with that, actually. He's okay with that. So finally, God's plans. Surprising, challenging, but wonderful. Isaiah 9 7. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love that first name. Wonderful. God's name is wonderful. His plans are wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. The Bedouin shepherds saw a multitude of angels in the sky praising God. And so they went and found Joseph and Mary. Imagine how exciting that was. Once we got over the fact that we're in a manger. Once we get over the fact that we're in this messy life, this, this messy marriage, children, church, whatever it is that's messy, job, Knox, even Knox is messy. Um, <laughs> sometimes. You know, once we get over that, there's, there's a wonder in being in the centre of God's plans. There's a wonderful nature about it. They came and worshipped Mary, and, and, and it says that the wise men came as well. And it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. When they, and then they opened their treasure, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How amazing. Imagine you've got your baby and these kings, these wise men arrive in this stable and they Worship the baby in your arms Mary's just like wow Imagine that I mean you think that I'm really into Junie You know as a granny (laughs) But they bowed down and worshipped him Mary's like wow So wonderful The joy that they must have felt And the sense of wonder and joy God's plan was amazing It says in Luke 2.19 Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I love that scripture. She lived through these extraordinary times and she was just an amazing young woman to to be beautiful in all of this. But she she just pondered it. She, She would have been just like, after the praise and worship with Elizabeth, she was like, wow. Wow, God, you're amazing. She thought about all the ups and downs, the difficulties, the stable, the whole thing. And of course she told Jesus about it. And she probably also told Matthew and Luke and Mark. And they also said, tell us again. Tell us about the birth. Because they wrote it down. We know she didn't write it down. And she would have told them, this is how it happened. They're like, wow. And it's like that, isn't it? You go through these times, but when we stay in God and when we keep trusting him, we keep trusting Him and keep accepting and not running away from the will of God, not sort of trying to find us an easier path. Is There must be something easier than this. There must be a way out of this situation. Don't run away from the situation. Just say, I'm your servant God. If this is your will, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to handle this and I'm going to go through this with you. And we're going to find the wonder The wonder of this situation, because he's called wonderful, Jesus, is wonderful and he's wonderful in us because Christ in us is the hope of glory. So that wonderful life is in us, waiting to be birthed in each situation that we're in. So let's be sure that we give birth as Mary did, let's give birth to that wonderful, exciting discovery of how God's plans are good. And then we can look back in all those, in that time and, and ponder it and think about, wow, wasn't that amazing? And tell our children and our grandchildren about our stories and our testimonies and our times that were difficult and, and, and hard and challenging and surprising, but wonderful. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. I want us all to have that beautiful spirit. I want every one of us to say, I am your servant, Lord. Let's just say that to you right now before the Lord. I am your servant. I am your servant, God. I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Say that in your heart. Let it be to me. According to your word. I accept your will. I, I believe your word. I obey your word. I'm ready to live life with you and for you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.